Session 12, November 1st, 2012. We just sat there for how long, I don't know. Eventually, Heather looked up at me with a ruddy, tear-stained face. Mark, she whispered. Mm. I was gently stroking her hair, relishing the too long-awaited closeness. You know James will never let us leave. I nodded. I know. We need to do something. What? I don't know, just something. I leaned in and planted a light kiss upon her cheek. I think James has been hanging outside the house late at night. I know it sounds weird, but I can just kind of sense him, you know. She let out a surprised laugh. What am I even talking about, weird? After the things we've seen and done? It's ridiculous. I know what you mean, silly. Anyway, in all seriousness, what are we going to do? We could confront James. The reason he doesn't want us to split is that he knows, without the rest of us, he can't wield the power of fraction as strong. I don't think that will help. He'll be dead set on this. Well, if he's weaker, what if we strike first? He still has Carl on his side. And what exactly do you mean? I mean, like, if he's not expecting us to do anything, we can catch him off guard. Who's to say that we can't try a little dabbling ourselves? You have a point. We need to stop him, Mark. He's dangerous. So what do you say? Are we going to do this? If I say yes, can we make out? I'll do you one better than that, she said, reaching down to the crutch of my pants. That was my first blow job. I would walk over to Heather's every evening after that. We would throw ideas around on what to do with James, none of which we thought were terribly good, but we agreed we'd both keep thinking on it. She also returned to school in apparent normalcy. If either of us saw James or Carl in the corridors or in class, we would brush them off. Still, they persisted. I was walking home one Wednesday afternoon. My mom had stopped picking me up after that fateful Friday. When James and Carl caught up and confronted me, Heather had to tag along with her mom while she went clothes shopping or something, so I was alone. I happened to be across the street from the park at the time, and James grabbed my shoulder and said, Mark, what the hell are you playing at, mate? I dumbly said, huh? And spun around. Come on, let's go have a little chat. He slid his hand from my shoulder down to my bicep, squeezing so hard that it hurt. He nodded for Carl to do the same from the opposite side. Hey, what the heck, guys? I tried to struggle from their grip, but it was useless. James and Carl pulled me across the street and into the grounds of the park. We're just going to have a little chat, Mark. Nothing more. A little powwow, as the Red Indians call it. Or is it Native American these days? I don't know. I'm a bloody foreigner, ain't I? Carl sniggered, like James has said something extremely sarcastic and scathing. Shut the fuck up, Carl, I spat. Now, now, that's no way to be talking to a fellow blood brother, is it? James squeezed my arm even tighter and started dragging me toward the tree line that led to the little creek. After one more attempt at breaking free, I gave up. It was futile. My mind started racing. What were they going to do to me? Surely they weren't going to kill me. Were they? Carl, let go of Mark's arm, will you, mate? He obeyed. We were amidst the trees now, standing at the top of the bank that led down to the winding creek. So, time for a chat? James asked. Before I had the chance to reply, he gave a hard shove with both hands and I went sprawling down the leaf-littered bank. I rolled and tumbled until I connected with the trunk of an elm. 
My ribs took the impact and half knocked the wind out of me. I groaned and tried to scramble to my feet, but James already skidded down the bank with Carl behind and planted a swift kick into my stomach. Don't think about it, mate. You're not going anywhere until I say you do. Yeah, you're not going anywhere, Carl laughed. Shut up, Carl, James said, and almost laughed at the shocked and pained expression that erupted on his face. Don't you realize? I started, then grimaced as James swung his foot once more into my guts. He's using you, I finished. Oh, boo fucking who, Mark? I don't think you have a very good sense of loyalty or commitment, my friend. You made an oath, and not lightly, I might add. You're Melander the Three now, asshole. Carl, get this pansy up off the ground and hold his arms, will you? Carl grabbed me and pulled me to my feet, while simultaneously yanking my right arm up behind my back. I cried out in pain and stumbled forward. He took my other arm in a vice-like grip and also wrenched that one behind me. Turn him around so he's facing me. I didn't try to fight. The sudden jolt of pain that had initially shot up my right arm had been excruciating. I was half expecting it to break. James retrieved a pack of cigarettes from the pocket of his denim jacket, took one, and lit it with a zippo. Oh, forgive me, he uttered. Where are my manners? He smiled. It was sickening. Fancy a smoke, Mark. Let's just get this over with James. All right, you're all business today, aren't you, mate? I stared into his pale-coloured eyes. To tell you the truth, they kind of scared me. They burned with such intensity, as if they were made of blue fire. Perhaps they were. It's time, Mark. I'll see you next Thursday.